Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Resellers Mindset Podcast. Mike alongside Johnny. Today's special guest, Cheryl, the tax superstar out there when it comes to reselling and taxes. And personally, I don't think it gets talked about enough. So Cheryl, welcome to the show. Uh, give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself and we'll kind of just take things as they go. All right. Um, Cheryl Miller, I am an accountant. I have been uh, I've been doing taxes and accounting for over three decades. Uh, and it is, you know, it's just it's my life at this point. I <laughs> just I eat it up. Um, I actually do enjoy it. I am not your old fogey accountant um, type person. I want to be real with you. I want to meet you where you are and help you get out of that uncomfortable, uh, overwhelmed mindset of I hate taxes, I hate bookkeeping, I hate finances, because once you embrace it, then you can truly start building your business and building your life. Until you do that, you're just um, paddling up river. How did you decide to, like, I mean, do you help people that aren't resellers with taxes? Because everybody, you know, like, oh, you're, you're in a lot of the groups, you have your own Facebook group and everything like that. Is reseller just kind of like, do you resell at all? Is your passion just resellers? That's why you decide to help all of us slackers out here. They're just out here with a pile of receipts. Like what's the story behind helping resellers? So I, I um, back when COVID hit, everything, you know, went to crap. And um, I started reselling. I had been trying to resell before then. I started trying to resell in 2019 just to get rid of stuff and found out that um, the brands of clothes that I thought were good brands <laughs> weren't as good as I thought they were. But so, but it, I got intrigued and I really got into, you know, okay, what can I sell? And, you know, I did this thing that everybody did and started selling all the things. Um, and like actually convinced my husband that it was a thing when I sold this stupid little Homer Simpson um, doll where he was just in his underwear and that's all it was. And I sold him for 10 bucks plus shipping. And it was like, okay, people really do buy everything. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I learned, I could join some of the groups. I joined some of them were, were better than others. And, um, and it really kind of got back to, you know, everybody starts a business, but when you don't know how to market and you don't know how to market yourself, it doesn't really go anywhere. And, and so I kind of fell back into doing what I love by becoming a reseller and joining in the groups and talking to the people. And um, it, it all kind of started when I made my workbook that, um, you guys know about and because and I made it because there wasn't anything out there that was 
just solid made by an accountant that understood taxes and made it simple. Everything was so hard to do and so hard to keep up with that I didn't want to keep up with it. And if I didn't want to keep up with it, then, and I like doing this stuff. I think you're right. Like when you think about it, when it comes to taxes, there's so much just like people out there that will just tell you, oh, go do this, go do that. And they really don't have the degree or certifications to, you know, give somebody a valid answer. And in the world of like YouTube and social media, like anybody can post anything, right? Anybody can tell you, oh, yeah, you can write that off. And like they're completely wrong. But the problem is, you know, they don't know no better. So people like you are like a beacon of hope almost when it comes to like getting the correct real information when it comes to taxes. And personally, I don't think taxes are talked about enough in the reselling community. So the fact you're even willing to have a YouTube channel, because like you said, a lot of it's like closed door, right? You got to go pay $500, $1,000 to sit down with an accountant. And that's just like the entry fee to kind of get into it. But you put a lot of free game out there on YouTube. So well, I guess, what's the story behind the YouTube channel? You just want to help as many people as you can, or like what, what's your you know play when it comes to YouTube? Because you're active on YouTube. You know, you do your lives and everything like that all the time. Yeah, I um I started out <laughs> YouTube is like the biggest tax hack. <laughs> so, it's I actually started out because it was a huge tax hack and I wanted to um move it more personal expenses into my business. Um and then I found out that by doing it, it was really advertising for my business. So, it didn't even matter whether or not I was making money from YouTube itself, it was advertising what I do and who I am. And it gave me a way to teach people um, and meet people where they are. So you asked earlier if I was only dealing with resellers and it, initially I was, but I'm, I'm actively trying to expand um, the people that I reach. That being said, it's still the same level of person. Um, I want to reach the the beginners, maybe the not so beginners that never embrace their finances. I want to teach people the basics so that when it comes time to hire out, they know that the people that they are hiring to are treating them correctly. Yeah, that's it's so important. It's not just like you're like, selling yourself right it's like i'm cheryl use me for your taxes right there's nobody else you're like okay here's how you do it right you you have you know you're a teacher before you are trying to have somebody hire you to do their taxes so they're prepared hey fine that's fine you know you want to have me you know sit down with you and go through your taxes that's fine but i want people just to be aware of the basics when it comes to hiring somebody because yet again you can hire anybody. You don't know what their qualifications are. And that's usually the case when it comes to hiring an outside party, right? Sure, you can look on Google reviews or something, but you don't get a real true picture. And if you just show up and drop off your receipts, you still have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. So it's like, yeah, it's cool. You hired somebody to do it. But at the end of the day, you gain no knowledge from the whole process. You're just paying somebody to hopefully do it correct for you. That, what you just said is key. Taxes are not done at the time that the tax forms are filled out. The ta taxes are already done at that point. You've given the person that's doing your taxes or yourself the information and they're plugging in the numbers. That's all they're doing is data entry at this point. Taxes are done 
all year. You're learning what needs to be deducted, how you can deduct it, what, um, what your possible deductions are, how you can add things into your life or into your business that will save you money and your taxes. So that's what I'm ultimately trying to teach is that um, one, you never just hand over a bag of receipts because you're just going to pay a crap ton of money for someone to sit there and go through all the things that you should have done. And when, whether it's right or not, you don't know, they don't know. Nobody knows. You're just putting all this info. They're just putting all this information on the forms. And ultimately when that form gets submitted, when you sign that form or you say, okay, yes, I agree with you. And let's move forward. You're the one that's responsible, not the tax preparer. That's a good point. I never really thought about that. Like, so if I, for example, gave Johnny all my receipts and said, yo, dude, file my taxes and he just did it completely wrong and it, the IRS will come for me and he has no liability. That's what you're telling me. Yep. I mean, that's 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 a little bit of a scary thought when you think about it, especially if you don't know this person or you have any kind of background, because I mean, let's be honest, if I was a tax person and somebody showed up with a trash bag full of receipts and said, here you go. Sure, the money is nice, but I'm going to be a little bit of, kind of ticked off about it. And I'm probably not going to put as much care into actually doing things the right way because why did Johnny just show up with a trash bag of receipts and nothing's organized at all? So that that's a that's a great point you bring up. You're liable at the end of the day. It ain't yeah. the tax person regardless of what they do. Right. And um, let's just put this out there. I will not do those. What my trash bag? I already mailed it. It's already coming to your house. It's too late. The, the receipts Guess are on the way. Guess where it's going? <laughs> Return to okay, it'll come in a box. It's in a box. I'm it's not even box. returning it. I'm just gonna take it to the dump. <laughs> Set it on fire. Never happened. <laughs> I never saw a thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we're, I think we're resellers. We know stuff gets lost in the mail all the time. Never got it. Never showed up. Never showed up. Deli but it says delivered. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Return to sender. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so I think one of the most fun parts about business is actually uh, taxes at the end, because not only does it help you keep your money, but it can help grow your money as well if you do it correctly. Um, that's probably the 2.0 lesson that people need to understand is it can grow your money. It's not just reducing your expenses. So it's very, very important. Now, I think what a lot of people get confused on, what's the difference or what types of accounting are available to business in general? Because you hear terms like CPA, general accountant, and some other fancier ones. In reselling, and especially type of resellers for Amazon, eBay, what, what type of accounting person would they need? Okay, so let's equate as the CPA is like the lawyers of the tax world. They mm -hmm. are the highest level. They um, have the least hands-on on the day-to-day -day stuff. If you hire a CPA, 95% of the time, they are not the ones doing your taxes. They're not the ones doing your bookkeeping. You're not going to be able to reach them. You know, um, you're going to pay a lot of money for a lot of nothing. And I don't mean that negatively across the board because there's some CPAs that are great. And, you know, 
taxes are their specialty and they're staying smaller on purpose because they have a particular clientele that they want to work with. It's just not the norm. Um, then you've got people with that never sat for um, the certified public accountant and they can have their master's and they can have a four-year degree and just have never done that and still have the same training that the CPA does. Um, then there are uh, people like myself. I have a two-year degree and a crap ton of experience. Um, I maintain my education through, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly studying You know the, the different things that come out from the IRS. Um, now, nobody's going to be great at state unless they're in that state. Um, but I study federal taxes. I study um, bookkeeping. I study how taxes are done. And the, and the I listen to other people that talk about the different ways of um, strategizing. So I'm very much in that world. Now there's accountants that are, have a two-year degree that you know they've gone other directions. Um, but I started doing taxes when I was 18, and I have just I've just loved it ever since. So after I did get my accounting degree um, and got into, I was doing a lot of uh, corporate and manufacturing type accounting at the time. Um, but I've always kind of kept my foot in the door with taxes because it was just it's fun <laughs> taxes are fun i mean taxes are fun here's the thing taxes are the I, the internal revenue code was written for the masses right there's the business side and there's the personal side but it was written to encompass all of us and we all come from different walks of life we all have different income levels and this code is like here, right? So we just wind our way through it and find the things that work for us and check the box. Okay, I like this one and I want this one and I'll take this one. Now I'm going to do this one. And we can literally do that. I if mean, we know what we're working with. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you know that taxes aren't daunting when you have the knowledge or some kind of understanding of exactly how they work and people, you know, you hear it all the time, right? Well, why did this billionaire not pay zero dollars in taxes? Well, the tax code, like you just talked about, I want to be. I always tell everybody, I'm right in behind, right in line behind, you know, Walmart and Amazon. I want to pay. Hey, don't forget about me. I don't want to pay nothing in taxes either. And it's like people have this mindset of like, well, you're not paying taxes, and that's and that's like a bad thing. Well, it's all legitimate, like business expenses. You're taking advantage of the law that is there for everybody. It's not like because I resell, like. Uh, compared to a normal job. And I used to think about when I worked at CVS, there was probably so many tax write-offs I never even thought about because you just think, well, I just have this job and there's really nothing you can do. And then you switch to reselling and all of a sudden you have all these expenses you can write off. And it is kind of you know eye-opening that I probably missed out on thousands of dollars when I had a normal job because you also have expenses if you work for somebody else when it comes to taxes, right? See, and that's the key. You you don't, you don't, which is why I try to encourage everyone to 
and and I I'm really struggling with this term because people seem to think that having a side hustle is not having a business. Oh yeah. Mm. I, yeah. It's a hill but, we're going to die on. I'm telling you right now, you have a business. It, absolutely. It is still a business. Um, you need to run it as a business, but it is still a business. So if you're going to work for a, if you're going to have a J-O-B, and I equate that to just, you know, most of the dirty cuss words that are out there, um, but worse, uh, then have a business that you can funnel your the things that you love to do through so for example um when you work for a when you have a job and you get a w-2 then everything that you get the headphones that you're wearing the shirt the chair all this stuff that you have and that you like and that you want to have are you're paying for after tax right now you decide to start this little business over here on ebay and you sell a couple of things now your cell phone bill that you were paying for after tax now you pay for before tax that internet that you were paying for after tax now you pay for before tax and for the first five to seven years we're going to be looking for every exemption we possibly can because if you're still doing that w-2 job then you're paying tax in on the money that you're making from the w-2 job and if we can reduce your income from the business into the negative then you're going to reduce what you have earned from the w-2 job and get money back from the money that you paid in on the w-2 job I've lost so much money. I'm out of here, guys. I lost so much money. <laughs> it's okay. The the other thing. We want we want to keep our money so that we can put it back into the economy and stimulate the economy. We don't want to give it to the government and let them decide when they're going to stimulate the economy. It's our duty to keep as much money in our pocket as possible. So when we're when we're paying taxes, going through the bookkeeping ourselves in Excel or QuickBooks or whatever tool you want to use, preference, whatever. Um, what how often in the frequency should a person be doing this if they're owning a business? Should it be a daily routine, a weekly, a monthly, or five hours before it's due? <laughs> Not the last one. Um depending on the size and complexity of the business that amount of time can change. However, for most of the people that I talk to that are resellers, how about all of the resellers that are single one-off people and maybe you, maybe even you have a couple of people that work with you, um, once a month is absolute maximum time, um, but it, it's an acceptable time period. Like I can do all of my bookkeeping once a month, no problem. You're not going to forget things. You're not going to leave expenses on the table. You're going to remember. I mean, I don't remember what I did yesterday, but when I sit down to do my books, I remember 
oh, wait, I bought this. I bought this. I got this, you know. Um, but if I wait two months, I'm not going to remember. No one remembers what they had for breakfast, hardly. So, no, it makes sense. So, when trying to, is it better to hire someone or is it better to teach yourself and your opinion on the tax stuff? Um, I think you should always have someone in your pocket. I agree. So, unless you are eat, sleeping, and breathing taxes and even bookkeeping, then you should, you should be working with someone. Um, yeah, you, you're not going to, to know all of this stuff without, without studying it. Absolutely. And I, I've done several businesses and I know a thing or two about taxes, but I always go to an official person who's trained in it because they're up to date on it. I'm not. I don't stay up to date. I just know a thing or two and I've talked with lawyers and all this kind of fun stuff. Um, but I, I, I'm not current with, oh, did you know this tax law changed? You can't do this anymore. Or you can do this new thing that's really cool. I'm not up to date on that stuff. And that's what they're for, in my opinion. So I agree. Right. Uh, like right now we have in legislation. Um, I'm not sure whether President Biden signed it. I'm not even sure if it passed in Congress. I haven't checked in the last few days. But there's a child tax credit that could give everybody um, with kids an extra $200 per kid. They're looking at doing the um, retroactiving, retroactivating, is that a word? The 179 deduction back to 100% for 2023 through 24 and 25. So there's, there's, I, I really want to know what else they've hidden in this particular legislation because it sounds really good. Um, but there's some really good things coming through with that that could, could help a lot of people. So yeah, I mean, you have to stay on top of it. And, and the thing is, even me staying on top of it, I'm not 100%. If somebody asks me a question, I got to go dig in, you know? Um, so, but yet, having someone in your pocket that is trying to stay on top of it and is willing to talk with you and, and set aside that time, you're going to be that much better off uh, on your taxes and within your business than if you don't. All right. I got a, I got a hot topic, a hot question here for you, Nance. I'm putting you right on the hot seat with this one. Okay. As, as somebody that has YouTube reselling, I didn't get a 1099 from eBay or Amazon. I don't have to file taxes because I didn't get a 1099. I would just like your opinion on exactly how this works and um, just your overall, like, I don't know. It's kind of because you hear it a lot. And let's be, I'm going to be straight up with, I'm going to be straight up here on this podcast. I know a lot of y'all out there listening that don't get the 1099 ain't claiming that money on your taxes. So I'm going to ask the expert here. Uh, what your opinion is, what are some risks if you do it one way or the other? And uh, yeah, that's like one of the biggest things I always hear. I didn't get a 1099, so I ain't got to worry about nothing. So here's the thing. I'm going to start with the end and end first. They keep postponing the 1099, but within the next couple of years, it's going to be back at the $600 that it's been the whole time that somehow or another the platforms got away with not having to give you a 1099. I don't know how they've been getting away with it for all these years. I'm sure that um, I heard that eBay is trying to send people to D.C. to lobby against it. 
but they've been doing this the longest, right? They've been not sending the 1099s the longest. So yes, they're going to want to do it. However, their platform is the best out there of all of the platforms. They're showing you the true numbers where nobody else is. That being said, when those 1099s start rolling in and people start filing their taxes with those 1099s because they're going to have to, and the IRS is going to look and say, oh, you just started a business this year, but you're making $200,000 on here? Yeah, I don't think so. Audit. And then they're going to go back up to 10 years. And if they find anything within the time period that they go back and audit, they can go back indefinitely. So um, I don't know about you, but I don't want to deal with that. No. So yes, you do. If you have made over $600 gross, gross, then you have to claim it. But let's go back to the beginning of the call. When I said, you want to claim it. <laughs> because if you claim it, you can claim all the other crap too. Mm -hmm. So you just spoke the big evil word everybody in business is afraid of, audit. What What do you do if you get audited? And you've been doing your taxes the whole time. Do you go seek out a professional? Is it the end of the world? The sky's falling? You're ruined? Or, or what's the deal when you get audited? Nowadays, it's just a letter. It's just a letter. And they ask you for certain things and you go find the certain things and you mail back or you um, you can actually just electronically deposit the things into the file that, that they give you. And um, I mean, you, you don't have to actually talk to anybody. <laughs> you don't have to actually look at anybody. You just look at a piece of paper and you look at the computer screen and you and you put your stuff in. So, so long as you've dotted all your I's and you've crossed all your T's, you're going to be fine. It's not a scary thing unless you've been trying to say, um, yeah, I spent all this money, but I don't have any receipts. Mm. So if you save your receipts like you're supposed to save your receipts then you should be fine i got a yeah i got a i got a burning topic here on receipts so somebody wants i forget what it was i don't know i was talking to, somehow i I brought up tax in a youtube video and that's like uh, no, i'll never do that again uh, somebody <laughs> said that you don't need actual receipts that i that they can just submit their bank statement that just shows um, like, okay, I bought, I went shopping at Target and it was a hundred dollars. Um, and they were, they were adamant about this. It wasn't me. All right. So don't get angry at me, Cheryl. I'm just telling you oh. that these are some of the misconceptions out there that you can just submit your bank statement that really doesn't have anything itemized or anything. And you can get away with that. There's actually a, um, a social media company that is helping accountants with their social media and they provided a piece of um, content that basically said that, that these bookkeepers were putting out and then they were going back into the group going, 
why am I, why are people telling me I can't do this? It was on your stuff. And I'm like, what kind of bookkeeper or accountant are you that you don't know the IR, you know, the internal revenue code that says it's not good enough to have just a bank statement because the bank statement does not itemize what you actually spent the money on. And the, um, the IRS is going to want to see what you actually spent the money on because they're going to say, oh, well, you actually only spent $5 on some pens and the other $95 was your groceries. So we are not doing the 95, but we'll give you the five for the, for the pens for your business. So but let's say this. Let's say in my bookstore, I've sold a book. Somebody gave me $1 for it. Do I report that $1 because it was cash? Do I, do I, or do I, or do I do report that $1 because it was cash? Because there's an interesting concept. If cash was done, you don't have to report it. So the way that I look at it, and obviously this is going to be a moral thing for everyone because there's no proof, right? Mm -hmm. Cash changed hands. There's no way to prove it. The way that I look at it is um, I am running a business, so I want everything to be above board. Um, so if I'm using Venmo, if I'm using Cash App, if I'm using Cash Hand to Hand, I want to count it. But there's another reason I want to count it. <laughs> so because we're resellers, we're in a very, um, like, this is the, the best business you want to be in if you want to get rid of crap in your house. Um, we go to the thrift stores and we buy something like you might buy a box of books and you're paying like a penny on the, on, you know, a book or something like that. But if you take a book out of your house that you went to the bookstore and actually bought, or you went to Amazon and actually bought, you, you might've bought it 20 years ago for 50 bucks. And you decide to sell it this year. And now this year, it may only be worth a dollar, but you're going to run it through your store and you're going to put it in your expenses as a book from your home, from your closet, from your yeah. stuff and put the $50 on there and then go ahead and sell it for the dollar. And if it never sells, okay, fine. Now you pull it out of your store and you throw it in the trash or you give it back to, you know, you give it to a thrift store. But everything that you decide in your house that you want to get rid of, and I've been purging some stuff here lately, um, because for whatever reason, this concept did not cross my mind until recently. So I've gotten rid of a ton of stuff that I did not run through my business first. Um, but yeah, if you run it through your business as a yard sale, Facebook marketplace, hand-to-hand, -hand, whatever, a flea market, it doesn't matter. If you claim the cash, then it's just part more part of your business. It's just like eBay and Amazon and all the rest. So I claim the cash. Good answer. So, I like so, that. So you um you got all the people, oh, why do I gotta pay taxes on something I already bought? Right. So that's like the big argument when the whole six hundred dollar things come out is well, 
I got this couch that I bought 20 years ago. I don't have a receipt and I sold it and it was over $600. And now I got to pay taxes. Like, how is that fair? So like what you're saying here is, okay, maybe you bought a book 10 years ago. And if you're going to write it off on your taxes, do you still need to have the receipt from the time of purchase, even though it was 10 years ago? Nope. Okay. Fair enough. I was just curious. No, um, you don't. And that's that's why we as a re as resellers are in a very unique situation because no other business can do that. We get to do it because we're resellers. I, I want to talk a little bit about there's like at least all that I know of. There's like two different ways to track your inventory. Uh, it's like accrual or cash, right? Are, are those the two? Like you can either track. All I know is I do the easier one. Yeah, the accounting methods. Uh, you kind of want to give a quick little inside look at you know each one of those and which one you think resellers should probably use. Sure. Um, cash. It's simple. It's easy, and everybody, if they're if they are claiming that they're doing accrual, um, and they're doing line by line accounting, they're all doing it wrong anyway. So just go to cash and and forget the rest. Is that <laughs> fair enough? I, the, the big difference is like with accrual, you I don't even know. It's just so complicated. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're gonna do accrual, which means you're with resellers, it's a super headache because in order to do it right, if you go buy a hundred things from the thrift store, you need to come home and put those hundred things into your expenses. No, into your inventory. Into your inventory. Um, you don't get to claim any of that stuff. None of it. You put it into your inventory. You haven't even listed it yet. Now you um, you decide, okay, now you're going to go wash it or, you know, look at the book and make sure it's actually a good thing. Um, and you find uh, five of your books there was mold in them. You can't sell them. So now you have to go back and take out five of the entries you already put the time in for. And those five entries, um, well, you're not going to take them out. You're going to leave them there and you're going to um, make an entry that you are going to throw them away. So they're not going to be listed, but they can be moved from your, um, inventory into your expenses because at the amount that you paid for them because they uh, were not worth selling after you bought them and then you finally get through the rest of them and then you go take your pictures and then you get them listed and then you know half of them never sell <laughs> so you do at some point in time you're going to have to take the other half of them and put them over there for the amount that you uh, paid for them this might be, you know, a year or two or five years from now when you decide to purge all your stuff and all your bad purchases. And so that's money that you could have claimed all oh, that time ago against the income that you made that year. But you didn't do that. You took all the extra time to do all the different line by line stuff. And People think that because they have put in all of these things line by line, that that's actually their bookkeeping, but it's not their bookkeeping. They've got a whole ton of extra um, expenses 
on top of that that they're not even thinking about. So on top of that, if you're going to do accrual for your inventory, then you have to do accrual for everything in your business. So if you buy a pack of paper, for example, and say the pack of paper was $10 for 100 sheets, for 500 sheets, that's however many sheets. So you literally are supposed to count the number of sheets that you use and you're only paying for, you're only expensing what you have used, not the... <laughs> you gotta be nuts. Yes. Not a fun game. But I do have a fun game for you, Cheryl. <laughs> I don't want you to go into nuances. I just want a true or false that I can report it for taxes. Okay. We'll, we'll start easy here. Office yes, true. All right. Not what's in the wallet, but the wallet itself. Um, it, Did you buy it to sell it? No, my own personal wallet to use to put my stuff in. Oh, sadness. Cell phone. Absolutely. Love that one. Coffee. No. Oh. Haircut or beard cut? Are you in your photos? Oh, you. Not yet. Wait, wait, wait. Not yet. Wait, wait. You are making an income from this podcast where you are in the video. Yeah, there we go. You're drinking your coffee. I, my, we talk about the coffee cup quite a bit. There you go. Now it's an expense. Okay. I want, I want to cut in on this now because she just put you onto this new game. You're going to save some money. Uh, what about my, my drink? I got at the gas station on my way home from the thrift stores. Ooh. That's a okay. hard one. It's not a hard one. It it's it's a I disagree with that one. Mm. Um so that goes in you said this was true false yes or no so we're not going into the nuances. Sorry about that. So that's a no. False. That's a no. Sorry Mike. What about my Halloween hoodie that I wear in YouTube videos and on the podcast? And it's become part of your brand because it's like you're like into the whole Michael Myers thing. I mean, I do have a Michael Myers emote on the YouTube channel. He wears channel. them fairly. It's like my coffee cup. It's like in every episode. So there you go. Yes. I, I guess like what's the what's the gray area when it comes to like uniforms and food, right? Because I don't go. People are going to say, well. I need clothes to go to the thrift store, right? I'm not naked out there scanning books, right? I got clothes. And what about like, what if I'm out and about and I'm, I want to stop at Chick-fil-A and get food for myself? Like, I know it's kind of like a gray area. I'm just curious, like what your take is when it comes to uniforms and food expenses for a reseller. Okay. So when it comes to, uh, for a reseller, just reseller, um, <clears throat> when it comes to just a reseller, then no clothes. No. The, the, what we can get away with, though, is because if we buy things that we wear for a little bit and then list, then we can, you know, we can still take them. We just can't take them when we first buy them because we can't um, we can't take our clothes as we, we have to wear the clothes. We have to eat. So unless you have some other way of adding a reason for that expense, you can't take it. Now, 
as far as food while you're out, there is no mileage that says how far you have to be away from home for it to be considered travel meals. Um, the way that I interpret it is um, back when Chris Lynn was working like a couple of miles from his house in the storage unit the, in California, it was like ridiculous to try and get, you know, that couple of miles. It was like hours of time, right? I would totally feel comfortable with him taking uh, his lunch out. Um, but for me, it, it's, you know, one, in my area, if I leave my area, then I can take, I could take my lunch or I could take a meal. But if I'm within my area um, and I've got a couple of thrift stores that are near me, then I'm not going to be taking meals that day. I'm going to, um, I'm only going to take it if, if I'm out and I go outside of my area and I'm gone all day long, then I will, I will take a meal. So here's a fun one. You hear all the time the term tax brackets. What's the best tax bracket to be in, or is there a best tax tax bracket to be in? The one where you're paying nothing. There we go. I like that answer. <laughs> What's that one, Cheryl? I want to get to that one. <laughs> um, that one is not waiting till the last minute to do your bookkeeping and your taxes. That one is paying attention to everything that you're doing all year long having someone that you're talking to on a regular basis so that you can find all of the things and add in the things so that um, you are reducing your um, your gross income below your, below your uh, standard deduction. So I'm gonna ask a, probably a higher level one as some people a little bit more advanced that listen to this. So at the end of the rainbow, uh, how we keep the most money. Um, I see a lot of corporations do this. They they become what's called a conglomerate, and they have and they're basically all funneling the chain business with all these little sub businesses that provide the main business. Is that the best way to, well, as you put it, not pay taxes or have zero taxes? Or is there a even better way than doing the conglomerate route? So. For, for smaller businesses, that, that route is very difficult to get to, um, number one. Number two, FinCEN, which is um, the financial security, financial criminal enforcement network, um, has, they put it into law several years ago. It's actually mandated for this year that if you have an LLC, um, if it was started prior to 2024, you have this full year to fill out their paper saying who is actually, who actually owns the business. So people um, have to come out of the shadows? Yes. Ah. Yes. Um, and if you start the business in 2024, you have to do it within, I think it's 60 days. Interesting. Uh, maybe 30 days. Um, but yeah, so... There are actually, I've talked to several, there are actually lawyers and CPAs that are finally saying no to LLCs and trying to steer people away from it because they don't want to have any parts of it. Because what happens is if 
a lawyer or an accountant or myself was to help you fill out this paper and sign off on it. Now, if you change your name, if you get married, if you move, if you do this, if you do that, if you go to the bathroom wrong, then they are now responsible for making all of the updates on that form. And if they don't make the updates, oh. then they're the ones in trouble. That sounds horrible. I don't like it. I don't like it either. That is a good point to bring up because a lot of people always ask, like people that just start reselling, it's always, oh, should I get an LLC? Like before they even sold, you know, their first month of stuff. So for me, I've always operated as a sole proprietor. So what's your take on like LLC versus, because you see it all the time. I need an LLC before I even start reselling. Like what's your take on the sole proprietor versus the LLC route? That seems to be like, I don't know, the official cool, like, oh, I got an LLC, right? It's like, I don't know. Like what's your take on it? So my take is, um, this is the hill I will die on. Um, people seem to think that being a sole proprietor is not a business. It's absolutely a business. You, you have less um, oversight. So I prefer less oversight. Like quit, quit, you know, needle and diamond me. Quit looking over my shoulder. I don't need you. I don't need your help, Uncle Sam. Go away. I'll take care of this. Got it. Um, when you when you start an LLC or an LLP or a C corp or you get designated as an S corp, it what it has done and why they're all so I want you to do this is because of all the income it creates for the person that's trying to talk you into it. Mm -hmm. Then they get to help you do no. The hell. then they do the paperwork for you then they set you up for all this stuff and now you're set up for all this stuff and they never explained to you what was required so now you've gone a whole year and it's time to do your taxes and you didn't know that you had to file an informational return and you didn't know that it was going to cost you an extra who knows how much they're going to charge you for uh for you know the because you have an llc now um or that they got you designated as an escort because that was going to help you with your um, with your taxes. And you didn't do payroll all year because you didn't know you were supposed to. And now you've got fine, you're gonna get fined an extraordinary amount of money because you didn't do payroll, but you did take distributions. Mm -hmm. And then I'm talking to people that have, that all this has happened to and they're like, what? And you watch the color drain from their face. <laughs> so true. I mean, even in business, people get the types of corporations all confused. And I, I, I lean toward what you're saying there. The simpler, the better. And there's whatever benefit you're trying to get over here, like with the corporation, because I see this from LLCs trying to become a corporation, from a sole prop trying to call a corporation. You can get it elsewhere and still be a sole prop or close enough. Um, and right. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Right. You're, you're exactly right. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's part, I probably say that in almost every call that I'm on is like, look, a sole prop is still a damn business. Yeah. People lack it off. <laughs> it's still I mean, a you may have to fill out extra form to get the tax break that shiny S corp over here got, but whatever, it's still the same thing. Actually. Um, I have done a lot of taxes over the years, and I'm not going to say that I am, that I know everything, because I, 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 first to admit, I don't know everything, but I have sat down 
with scenarios that these people in YouTube land will come up with and say that the S Corp is going to save you money. And I haven't figured out how it actually does it yet. Like they leave out a bunch of stuff in the middle and I've sat down and done it as a, as a sole prop, done the taxes as a sole prop on paper and then done them as a S Corp. And um, yeah, I don't get it because if you're doing an S Corp where you have to pay yourself a payroll, now you have money that you have to pay taxes on before you spend it. Mm -hmm. How is that a good thing? This is all, well, listen, so prop all the way. And that's what I've been from day one. I'm already sitting over here confused. S Corps, uh, all this other stuff, like sole proprietor is just the I'm easy. Sorry, Mike. Sorry. I mean, no, because this is the reality of most people. And I'll be, I see it all the time on Instagram. Oh, hire your kid, hire your cat, be an LLC, you know, uh, join the circus. You'll save all this money in taxes. There's, there's so much out there. And sole proprietor is just the easy, straightforward way to kind of get yourself in, understand what you're doing. Sure, maybe if you're doing millions of dollars, maybe there is a benefit to going this route when it comes to certain things. But listen, none of us are this type of hot shots yet. You're perfectly right. fine being a sole proprietor. You're going you're going to be okay. And yes, you are a business. So um I you were saying something and I was uh wanted to oh well let me go let me hit this one at least. So an L oh LLCs and sole props do their taxes the exact same way on a schedule C. Mm -hmm. But the LLC has to pay more money into the government has to pay money into the government to have an LLC and has all this paperwork hoops to jump through. So you're doing your taxes the exact same way. There is no difference in what you are allowed to get or what there's no nothing. Everything is exactly the same. Um, if you are selling something like toys that to kids where there could be a liability. Maybe you want to think about having an LLC. Um, maybe you want to consider having some type of uh, umbrella insurance. I'm actually going to talk with a couple of people this week about umbrella insurance and make sure that I'm understanding it co correctly. But um, that would be one thing in the reseller word, HBA, something like that that could cause, possibly cause harm to someone that you might want to protect yourself from. Well, like my storefront, somebody can slip and fall and bust their head open and bleed on my floor and my books. But yeah. Right. So, uh, so there's that. There's another one that if you are going to get involved in real estate, always buy real estate through the business always start an LLC for the property before you buy it. That's the one time that I will say absolutely do an LLC. So I got a fun one here. What? Because there's a lot of husband and wife resellers. Are they still considered a sole prop if there's two of them and they're 50-50 partners? No, they're LLPs. There we go. They, um... And also, 
what they say they are mm. and what is on the paperwork with the platform is different. So you and your spouse could be working together within the business, but only one of the spouses is actually on the 1099 that comes from the platform. And that's perfectly fine. That one spouse is the one that's gonna go on the Schedule C um, and all the expenses are gonna go through it. <clears throat> and the other spouse doesn't have to be there. It's considered a family business. It's no, it's no problem. Now, if you want to start paying your spouse, then that's a whole different story. Then that's more time than we got. <laughs> now, what about outside of marriage? Like just two people getting together, are they still an LP or are they something different? I know the answer to this, uh, I'm just asking. That would, that would be a partnership also. Um, and, you know, you would need to do the paperwork for it. Um, you, cause you should always have some type of a contract for having a partnership. Um, but yeah. What about vehicles? Let's touch vehicles real quick when it comes to expenses, because yet again, there's a lot of misinformation. Should I be doing miles? Should I be writing off gas and repairs? What if I go buy a Lamborghini for my book selling business? Can I write off the purchase price of the Lamborghini if it's just for the book selling business? Like, Give me a quick little insight. Well, it on depends. Did you buy it from your own personal Lamborghini lots? I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about here. Uh, <laughs> so I, I bought. All right. I, I'm a reseller. Right. For some reason, my car explodes today. Reselling is my main source of income. Or I guess we'll do the main source of income first. I go buy another vehicle. Um, can I write off the purchase price of the vehicle? Um, that depends. <laughs> So I said earlier that the legislation is in place um, to retroactive 179 deduction to 100% for 2023. So there is the possibility that you could take 100% of the purchase price of the vehicle, depending on what the vehicle is. If the vehicle is a 6,000 pound or more um, weight, gross vehicle weight, and if the vehicle is um, can seat at least nine people behind the driver or has a truck bed of at least six feet, then you can take 100% of the purchase price up to the amount of business use. So you still have to keep the mileage. And you still have to keep all the deductions because the mileage is going to equate what, what you're going to be able to get <clears throat> of the 179 deduction. And it has to be at least 51% of business miles. But you can't take actual, um, you can't take mileage. You have to take actual um, expenses for your vehicle. So it gets kind of complicated. But it's it's huge. If you've got the money in your business that you need that kind of a tax write off, it's definitely a, a, a super viable option to reduce your your gross income. So let's take it a step further. Um, you're doing the normal accounting for your vehicle. You get into a fender bender and you got like three grand of repairs to have done to get your vehicle back up to snuff. 
are those repair costs a deduction or a write-off of some kind? Okay, so that depends on whether you're taking mileage or you're taking actual. And you can, if you're taking actual, then you can um, write off the deductions that you pay for, not what the insurance company covers. And again, it's only based on the mileage, uh, the miles that we're actually drive driven for business. So if you're only driving your vehicle 10% for business, then that's all you're going to get is 10%. So you can't, correct me if I'm wrong, you can't claim gas and miles. You have to go one way or the other? Yes. Okay. That's what I, I was, because the other thing, a lot of people kind of just, oh, I can write off everything. For me, I... Personally, I do the um, well, well, not the not the miles one. I do the other one. Right, I buy new tires for the Lamborghini. It's a write-off, uh, things like that. So I don't do the miles. I do the actual, I guess, vehicle, I guess, upkeep cost. Actual vehicle expenses. Okay, yeah. but you still have to keep track of your miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but when you when the tax time comes, you don't put the write-off for the miles in addition to right. okay. no. No. So the, so the key is, and the reason why I generally teach for people to track their miles is because I have to get their head wrapped around actually tracking their miles before that I can get them their head wrapped around tracking both. Um, and you have to keep them separate because we don't know which one we're going to use, right, necessarily. If it's the first year, um, then we still have a choice. If we start out taking miles, we still have a choice. If we start out taking actual, we no longer have a choice, but we still have to keep up with both. So go ahead, Johnny. So outside of Excel, which I consider probably the best, what is your what would be the program you would tell people to use, a pre-built program for keeping track of all their stuff they need to keep track of come tax season? Outside of Excel. And your tax document, of course. Well, I mean, I was going to say, first off, first and foremost, would be my workbook. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I call it simplified accounting for a reason. If you want an actual program, then um, I just got, I'm in the process of getting certified. I am a, um, I am an accountant under zero. So I'm sure you've been hearing zero because it came out of Australia and all these Australian people are talking about zero and it's like flying around the market, but it's flying around re the reselling community. Um, I hate that other company with a passion, the one that starts with a QB that's actually a big I and has a QTs for the tax side of things. I can't stand that company. It's a huge trigger for me. So don't use them. Okay. Whatever you do, don't go there. <coughs> it's too late for me. Go to H and R Block. Just don't go there. It's too late for me, Cheryl. I'm a lost cause. I understand if you block me after this, but unfortunately, I've been I'm on the dark side here uh, with QuickBooks. It's kind of what I did like from the beginning, you know, five six years ago, whenever I started this thing. So. Um, I'm, I'm stuck in prison, Cheryl, and I don't know if you can You're get You're not candy. stuck in prison. You're not stuck in prison. And I guess I'm just going to have to spend more time in Discord learning how to use Discord <laughs> so that I can convert you over from QuickBooks to Zero. 
Listen, I knew from your YouTube videos you're not a fan of uh QuickBooks and TurboTax, so I'm like I'm not bringing it up. But here we are. I, I had to out myself here. It, it's all right. It's well, my here's fault. the thing. I want to save you money. Number one. I want to save you money. I you don't even have to spend it. I'm not asking you to spend it with me. I just want you to. I would. I just want to save you money. So, um, zero is a lot easier to use. They cost a lot less money, and you know, then you're not supporting that stupid. <laughs> um, you know, I feel about that company the way some people feel about Jeff Bezos. <laughs> um. But, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's easier, it's cheaper. You can still pull all your stuff in and, and have, you know, have the things, but that you can see it. The thing that I don't like about QuickBooks and TurboTax is they hide everything from people and you can't see what is actually working so that you know for sure that the numbers are right. And yeah, if I can't yeah. see it, I don't trust it. It's basically just kind of like the whole idea of just dropping a bag of receipts. You're kind of just doing that with Tur with QuickBooks. I mean, it's basically the equivalent. You just pay $30 a month to drop your receipts into their program. So yeah, I 100% I, I uh, understand that argument for sure. And I mean, I can save, you said 30 bucks a month. I can get you into zero for 15. See, look, she, she's, ready. <laughs> she, she's ready to go. She'll be pushing her affiliate link all over the place for zero when the time It's not comes. even an affiliate link. It's not an affiliate link. And you don't even have to work with me. You just, just go get it. Just go get it. It's the future. The kids, it's the future. <laughs> so, you don't, again, you have to go into detail on this one. Just a simple yes, no. So we get forms from Amazon and forms for eBay telling our gross and net. Have they reported and accounted for everything? Remember, yes or no? Because I know this is a detailed answer. It would take us like three hours to explain. No, it won't take us three hours. I can do it really quickly. But I will tell you that eBay's got the best dashboard and tells you everything. Yeah, there we go. All right. But now that you brought it up. Ah. If you sell on Amazon or Poshmark, and I can't speak for the other platforms, but I can definitely speak for those two. If you sell on Amazon or Poshmark, I want you to go get your gross numbers and I want you to take your net numbers and subtract the net that they actually stuck in your bank account from the gross and then take all the chunk in the middle, the difference, and put it in your bookkeeping as expenses. Yep. Mm -hmm. There we go. Because Amazon is the worst. Amazon is hiding all kinds of stuff that they're putting on your 1099 so that they're trying to get out of ha having to pay it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they're doing. They're putting all of the stuff that they charge you all these fees for, and they're putting it on the 1099 because when they report the 1099, that's an automatic straight dollar for dollar deduction off of their taxes. Yeah, especially if you don't get a 1099 with Amazon. 
All I could say is good luck, Chuck, figuring out those numbers because they don't have no kind of easy reports. They want you to ex you know export Excel sheets. They're not sorted. It's a pain in the butt. Thankfully, since I've been selling, I do get the 1099. So I do see the fee breakdown. But if you don't, like like you said, you have no idea. And it's all fees with Amazon. We all know Amazon's taking at least 50%. So that could be a huge write-off you're missing when it comes to being an Amazon seller. Um, and that's a good call out for sure, because you're losing, you know, thousands of dollars in write-offs just from that alone. Right. Um, and I don't want to see anybody lose any of that money. Now, Poshmark, Poshmark is not quite as bad as Amazon, but they are very, very similar in the fact that your cancellations are still being reported inside of your 1099. I believe it. So. Do it the do Poshmark the exact same way. I mean, I know you, most of your people are um, booksellers, but a lot of them are cross. They cross over. So yeah. Um. So yeah, gross minus net. Take the stuff in the middle. I do have a um. I do have a form for Posh. I that will calculate all the little different things if you want to know all the stuff. Um. But. I haven't built one for Amazon because I didn't have a access to the the whole downloadable big report in order to build one. So, all right. Uh, final thoughts here. Final tips and tricks when it comes to taxes. Uh, maybe give us a few things that people. You kind of already gave us a few, like with the cell phone and everything. Like. What are some common things that a reseller could write off that most people probably wouldn't think they could write off? Mm. All right. So do you want to know the biggest one that people forget to write off? Uh, yes, we do. The one that, you, that everybody argues about the most, platform fees. The yeah. I'm absolutely serious. People forget it. All I put it. Yeah, it's like the cell phone bill or the internet bill. It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're talking like the eBay store fee or like the Amazon professional seller fee? Uh, the all big fees. number that we were just talking oh, about. Yeah, all the fees. Yeah, yeah. All the fees. They forget it. They forget the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle. I'm like, hey, I'm looking at people's bookkeeping and I'm like, um. No, you got to be nuts. Where, you... Where's your platform fees? And they're like, what? No, 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 no. The no. number that you guys complain about having that's to where, get That's where the money is. Time. That's yeah. where all the money went. <laughs> that literally doubles your burden in an Amazon business. If they're taking yeah. 50% and you don't write that off, you're literally doubling how much, I mean, that's yeah. mind blowing. I thought it was, I thought everybody knew at least you write off the fees you're paying on the platforms, but I mean, that's good to know. Well, no, because they'll they'll just take the net number, Mike. And then they're like, this is what I made. And then they'll do nothing oh, else. Okay. Then you but just, they're not even doing that. Really? They're not even doing that. They're taking the gross. They're taking oh, they're reporting the gross. That's even they're better. They're reporting the gross, and they're just gross. and they're just forgetting, completely forgetting the platform fees. They're oh forgetting my all God. the shipping, all the promoted, all the subscription fees, all the stuff that they've been complaining about having to pay all year. No wonder they're so angry <laughs> on the forum. No wonder they're doing their taxes wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, so that's number one. Number two, um, cell phone. Number three, internet. Because we are running online businesses, those are 100% deductible. I don't care whether either multiple people can be on the internet at the same time. It doesn't matter. We cannot run our business without it. Um, 
So those three, um, oh, uh, continuing education, these these groups, people yeah. forget to take these groups. Doesn't matter I what, you know. Mike, so I can write it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, YouTube, because mm. most of what we do is learning from other sellers on YouTube. So um, YouTube Premium, um, if you are putting your hands in your pictures or you're putting your face in your pictures, then um, like a manicure or Johnny was talking about, you know, haircut or a beard or a trim or something like that, then um, those would be possible deductions. Vehicle expense. It's critical that you're writing this stuff down during the year. Um, there is an actual box on the taxes that you or your preparer have to check that says, is it written? Yes. Okay. And it's the number, probably one of the top things that the IRS will flag and audit you on. Oh, I have one that maybe you can give some clarification on. Uh, cleaning supplies, I don't care if you're working out of your home or like me in a warehouse, and toiletries. Are those so cleaning supplies? If you're working out of your home, cleaning supplies for um, your items or your office space, absolutely. Um, we'll just leave that at that. Okay. I mean, that's like a little bit like I can't write off the toilet paper I use, right? So, right, it's like kind of a gray area, I guess, when it comes to that type. I guess the overall thing is you can't get crazy with some of this stuff, right? Like, I mean, come on now. Right? It's like I, I wear so a, giggling over there. I wear a ten thousand dollar robe during the podcast that I gotta buy and write off, right? It's it's crazy things that go into it. My dogs are part of my branding and they're my security system. Um, I mean <laughs> <laughs> well played, Cheryl. Well played. Uh, so this is why this is why she gets paid the big bucks. Uh where can people find you, Cheryl? For those out there wondering, uh, like where can you find what groups are you in, like what kind of you know services you offer and things like that? So for starters, I'm in y'all's group. Yeah, she's I'm over in the members discord on the YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even a bookseller, so but I am a member. I am a paid member of the of that particular group. Um, I am in Tech and Sports Reseller Greatness group. I'm in Chris Lynn's um, Reseller Nirvana group. I am in my Simplified Accounting with Cheryl group. And so I have um, I have my own Facebook group that is free for anybody to join. I will answer questions in there. Please don't DM me. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have my YouTube channel, which is YouTube at Saw Cheryl, S-A-W Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L. So most of my stuff is at Saw Cheryl in some way. Um, I think Instagram, which I keep forgetting even exists, is Simplified Accounting with Cheryl, like all spelled out. Um, I have a TikTok that I'm desperately trying to figure out how to do. And, but YouTube is my, um, YouTube and Facebook are my favorites. Um, I, I go live Monday through Friday for a healthy chat and it's 
healthy mind, healthy body, healthy business, healthy finances. It's, you know, like, so you, this morning I was on the treadmill while I was holding on to my laptop. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and I have a paid membership group too. So. And all of her links will be down below. If you're over on the YouTube or if you're listening on the podcast and you come over to the YouTube video, all her links will be pinned down in the comment section. So you'll be able to easily, you know, find out where she is. I'm curious. Uh, one thing when it comes to like your services, it's already February as a reseller. I have no idea what I'm doing with taxes. Is it too late to kind of reach out to you and have you help me and file my taxes? It is not. I still have room in my books for taxes, but I'm only doing taxes from February to March if you want them in on time. So I suggest that if you want me to do them, um, the the I have a link in my link tree or you can reach out. Um, I can give it to you guys either way. Um, but it's it you, you make an appointment. It's not a face to face appointment. It's a deadline for you to have your stuff into a Dropbox. Once you make the appointment, I send you a Dropbox. Um, I send you, uh, I put a, a cheat sheet for a checklist into the Dropbox. And um, that's the date that I plan on getting started. So if you don't have your stuff to me, you forfeit your $50 deposit. <laughs> Gotta keep people accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think we're going to wrap it up there, Cheryl. We appreciate you spending time with us and telling us the facts of taxes, not just the crazy nonsense you hear out there on the internet. So yeah, if you're interested, you know, make sure you check out the link down below and we'll talk to everybody in next week's episode. Thanks. Appreciate being here. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members, along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.